Welcome, baseball fans. It is time for a special off-the-bag edition of the Running the Bases podcast. I'm Tucker Wells. I'm joined today by Tyler Baronski. Did I say that right? Yep, you got that perfect, Tucker. All right, good deal. Tyler, thanks for joining us. Uh, You're in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you are in charge of media for the Atlantic Baseball League. Yeah, just the Atlantic League. It's basically independent baseball. Uh, I'm in charge of doing basically the player interviews in the league, um, getting some exposure for the league, the players, and um, that's really what I do in the league. And full year round so i'm always at the baseball field uh it sounds nice sounds like a pretty good way to make a living oh yeah definitely well how long have you been uh working with the atlantic league and and uh how did you first uh get in touch with them yeah so um i actually live near one of the ballparks so that's how i i grew up going to games for the bridgeport bluefish one of the teams in the league so i basically did my own like freelance interview stuff uh three years ago and then uh last year i worked for the bluefish and did a lot of media stuff for them and then this year i went back to some more freelance uh work but um you know the league kind of knows what i do since i've been doing it for three seasons now and i have a good relationship with the different teams in the league uh personnel players so um that's really how i got involved uh with the atlantic league yeah, what are, what class level is the the Atlantic League? Is that Triple A, Double A? So it's actually independent baseball, which means it's separate from affiliate baseball, major league organizations. It's not specifically Triple A, Double A, Single A, since it's not under any, like let's say the Boston Red Sox minor league team. They're their own separate. Uh, all the teams in the league they're separate, um, but the Atlantic League specifically, the competition is the best out of independent baseball. It's usually compared to double-A, triple-A baseball. So most of the players in the league have double-A, triple-A, and 40% of the players, I would say, have major league experience. So uh, it's just a good platform for players to play at to get back to the affiliate ranks. And most of the time when a player gets signed, he usually goes uh, to the double-A level or triple-A level uh, with the intentions of getting back to the major leagues. Nice. Now you're in Connecticut, so of course the obvious question: Yankees or Red Sox? Yeah, I get that a lot. Uh, Red Sox for me, just because uh, my dad he's from Massachusetts, so he grew up a big Red Sox fan and kind of influenced me, and so I just follow that path and you know big Sox fan. Nice, nice. I saw on your YouTube your one of your last vlogs for this year. You were at Big Poppy's final game at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> what was that like? That was awesome, yeah. Um, my dad definitely made it like a big deal to go see Poppy Leafs one last time, either in Boston or New York. New York happens to be closer for us, but it was just awesome to see the, you know, how they do the gift exchange in the beginning. Um, just seeing that even the Yankee fans, you know, showing respect to Poppy and full crowd. So like it was just a really awesome um, game. Yeah, now, you know, the ESPNs of the world are going to make it look lovey-dovey all the way around, but what was it really like? Mm-hmm. What would you, what was the truth of the fans rooting for the Yankees, cheering for them? Was it truly everybody cheering for them, or was it 50-50? Did you hear a lot of boos? I mean, we went through this in Atlanta when Chipper Jones retired, that Shea Stadium, you know, they booed the living daylights out of out of Larry Larry Wayne Jones so what was it really like the Yankees fans on that game 
going into it, I definitely expected maybe like 50-50 or maybe even worse, but I was really surprised by how many Yankee fans actually were cheering and giving them a standing ovation, just showing uh, their respect. So that's what I saw from the Yankee uh, crowd that day, and it was um, pretty impressive. Nice. Nice. So what was your take on the Red Sox performance in the playoffs this year? Um, well, obviously a little disappointing, especially with uh, the first two starting pitchers, Porcello and Price, I think both going under four innings. So that I definitely thought they were going to win that series. And I did not expect them to get swept. I think like the first game with the Indians, I think they had three home runs in the game or something like that. So like our Cy Young winner, Porcello, you know, rough outing for him and they just couldn't get any offense really consistently going so it was a little disappointing but um you know it's all part of it's baseball you can never really predict it and it's always next year so yeah well did you feel that it was more of a a red sox letdown because they were the hottest team coming down the stretch in the american league i think Mm -hmm. odds on favorite for a lot of quote-unquote experts to win the world you know win the al pennant but did you look at it as a failure of the Red Sox or more just this Indians team was kind of destined or they, you know, they were just, they were too good when it came down to it, Tito and all that. Uh, what was your take on it? Um, well, definitely Indians are an impressive ball club. Anyways, I love Tito, obviously, as a Red Sox fan. I think he's a great manager, great strategist in the game. But um Probably saying more Red Sox failure, honestly. Actually, I look at the week before when Kimbrough blew the save at Yankee Stadium, I feel, and but they clinched that night too. I felt like that kind of like um, made things kind of the momentum went downhill a little bit for the Red Sox after that, and it felt like it just carried into the playoffs, unfortunately. So, um, but credit to the Indians, they obviously put up a heck of a series and they carried that momentum to the playoffs and the world series. So, yeah, it was just, I mean, at the end you have to be as pleased as all in the baseball world about this world series in this postseason. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sorry for your Red Sox, but you know what? You had three championships in under 10 years. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not fa- too bad, right? <laughs> your father can probably tell you about some lean years there and some real painful heartbreak. Although 2003, I took really oh, yeah. hard as a uh, lifelong Yankee hater. Um, that 2003 was brutal. That world, that game yeah, seven. Well, all right. So your work with the Atlantic League now. Um, you say it's year round, and you have a YouTube channel. Um, that is yours personally, or is it now all relate all tied in with the Atlantic League uh, specifically? Uh, the YouTube channel is just all mine personally. I'm in charge of it, but uh, I send interviews to the Atlantic League every time I do one. Then a lot of times they, you know, retweet it or the other teams in the league retweet it. So like it's it's shared around the league, but uh, it's just my YouTube channel personally that I can, you know share with the fans and get exposure that way yeah yeah and uh and again you've been doing that for three years now um what you know did you like college did you first get into like media productions or what was the genesis of coming to the uh to the vlogosphere sphere if you will uh well actually i'm in high school still so oh wow um, all right there you go yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so i i gotta balance that a little bit but um I've just always been 
Well, no, actually, I wasn't always interested really in like media stuff, but like as a sports fan, you watch the commentators on TV, the reporters, and I always, I was actually a big autograph collector when I was younger, so I always liked interacting with the players, and like when you meet them, I would always ask them a question, or just like seeing them in person was cool, so I thought it was a pretty cool idea if when you interview a player, you kind of get like a one-on-one experience with them. You can ask them any question you want. So I just thought that was a pretty cool idea. And living next to a professional baseball team, I kind of had that opportunity to uh, get that chance. And, you know, I love doing it. And that really developed a passion for sports media and reporting. So I've just continued it from, um, from then, and it's really taken off. Yeah. And so are you, is this your, you're entering your, uh, or you're in your junior year, senior year, and is college in the, in the horizon? Or are you going to, you know, uh, skew that for a couple of years to just focus specifically on your, on your, uh, on your channel? Yeah, no, I'm a senior right now. So I'll, I'll go to college next year and major in sports media and marketing or something, some sort of bad general area uh, next year and wherever that takes me and hopefully you know, get some basic knowledge, study for uh, my college years, and hopefully, you know, get a job, whether that's TV, whether that's with a team, you know, wherever that may be, hopefully hopefully in sports. But I really like baseball. That's my main sport, so hopefully in baseball. There you go. Good man. Good man. So <laughs> yeah, for you, you know, you're, you're, you're of the millennial generation, and, you know, it's a, it's a definite – if you have a thought, if you have an idea, if you have a career you want to pursue, you can kind of just go make it on your own. So, you know, which part of this do you enjoy the most? You talk about enjoying giving interviews, but, you know, being at the ballpark, is it the sights and the sounds, you know, uh, uh, express, fill us in on that for, for, for yourself personally. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, probably my favorite part is just like all the behind the scenes stuff that regular fans don't see that, you know, you're with the players before the games. You don't, for my case, most of the players have played in the major league. So, like, I've seen them on TV. I see their work ethic. You know, one of my favorite things to actually do is just watch them hit in batting practice or hitting the cage. Like, that's awesome for me to see what a major league player, in my eyes, you know, the routine he goes through, all the preparation just for one game. And they do this every single day. So that's something you know a typical fan would not see or even notice or appreciate, and I get a chance to do that. So that's probably one of my favorite parts. Yeah, and do you play as well? Are you on uh, teams at your high school? Uh, I don't play baseball. Ironically, I play basketball, but uh, yeah, I I don't play baseball. I what? was never really that good. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. no. What 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 what, what level know. what level did you reach? Did you give yourself enough time? <laughs> You're still young, man. I you can I, you can pick it back up. Yeah, I could. My friends are trying to convince me for a senior year to try out, but I think I stopped after eighth or ninth grade. So I don't know. It's been a while, so I might be a little rusty. Yeah. Well, you just need to go loosen up the old soup bone and see yeah. see what comes out of it. Did you were you a, 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 a fancy yourself a pitcher or more of a position player hitter? I was an outfielder, definitely more defense than anything. Uh, hitting was definitely a struggle, but that's, that's usually the common case for most baseball players. Hitting a baseball is one of the toughest things, so uh, I think that relates to me as well. Yeah. 
So what are some of the great interviews that you've you've gathered over the years? What were some of your personal favorites? Um, well, I definitely uh, enjoy doing all the interviews because it's cool because each player, d- despite whatever level they've reached, they all have their own unique path to uh, professional baseball and the adversity they've went through. But uh, most of the time when people ask me that question, they like the bigger name players. So I've interviewed guys like um, Ching Ming Wong, who's with the Yankees, uh, Joe Panic, who's playing for the Giants now, Matt Barnes, who's with the Red Sox, Johnny Damon, a um, bunch of players like that. Dontrell Willis was one of my first interviews ever, and that's a pretty big name. Yeah, but, uh, D-Train. If I had to... Yeah, D-Train, great guy, really great guy, funny guy, and mm-hmm. really energetic. But uh, probably my favorite interview I've ever done was uh, I did with J.C. Romero, who won the World Series with the Phillies in 2008. And we just basically went through his whole career. And I tell people that interview was supposed to be like just four minutes long, and it turned into be like a 10- or 12-minute interview. So uh, that was just a really awesome conversation I remember and hearing the different stories he had. And he's a very personable guy. So uh, that's probably one of my favorite ones. And he's a pretty big name as well. Yeah. What what uh, question are you most excited to ask a, a ball player? Um, just um, I always like hearing when they're younger and they first get drafted, kind of what that was like for them the first couple of years in pro ball. Uh, a fun question I always like to ask is what their favorite like ballpark, major league ballparks to play in, just because uh, me and my dad, just like any dad or son combo we like to go visit all the major league ballparks i think i'm at 20 out of 30 now so i kind of like hearing what their favorite park was to play at but um you know just any also adversities or any accomplishments they've had a lot of players in atlantic league actually it's into like major league all-star games i think we had a few guys that were in all major league all-star teams last year so just asking them about that that's pretty cool because you don't really get that chance all the time but uh yeah. questions like that or whatever questions i can think of for that specific player yeah so you like the ballparks what's your uh, favorite major league ballpark right now and if you say fenway that's favorite okay major league. <laughs> i like fenway for the um, atmosphere because it's always like a it's like a constant party if you ever go before the game with yaki way it's full of people and different things are going on and obviously, I like Sweet Caroline in the seventh inning. That's pretty cool. But uh, looks-wise, I like AT&T Park in San Francisco. That's a very beautiful ballpark. Yeah. Um, Bush Stadium in St. Louis, I really like that. Really? And, yeah, I do like Bush Stadium a lot. Me and my dad took a trip out there a couple of years ago and saw a few games there. That was really nice. Yeah, I went um, to— I actually like Progressive Field, too, you know. Oh yeah, they're in uh, Cleveland. That's uh, they've remodeled. Yeah. That. Did you go post the the remodel, or, or was this recently, or b- uh, before they remodeled the outfield? Um, the most recent time I went, they had some remodeling. I can't really remember the specifics, but they've done even more since I've been there. So I would love to go back. Like every time me and my dad have gone there, we've had a really good experience. So yeah, I would like to go back there. Yeah, Bush Stadium. You know, I was I went to college at Webster University in St. Louis. So I was there. Oh from, wow! Yeah, yeah, in the right at the end of Bush Stadium too, 
And I got to say that you want to talk about atmosphere. You know, I know that the concrete donuts, the cookie cutters were frowned upon and rightfully so. But Bush Stadium, too, was different. I'm going to give them a lot of credit. And the Cardinals have been a thorn in my side for my whole life. So it makes perfect sense. I went to college there. But they that place was so loud because their fans are so loyal. And I think the Cardinals could play on you know a softball field and they'd still get you know 40,000 people to show up but it was so loud yeah it was so loud it was such an advantage to them that you know the concrete just kept all the sound in and they had remodeled the sight lines and you know it had really uh it really was still a great place to to see baseball you know sight lines wise and seats so I kind of felt like they lost a lot of that moving into the uh into the new park and you gotta have, probably have similar feelings about maybe uh, Yankee Stadium to the new Yankee Stadium. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I don't really remember the first time I went to the old Yankee Stadium, but um, it's just a different feel. But you know, it's nice the new Yankee Stadium. There's nothing really wrong with it. It just doesn't have that same historical feel to it. Yeah, I've heard a lot of cr- criticisms that it's too clean, like it's too nice, too fancy. Yeah. Um. So in the Atlantic League, so somebody's coming up to Connecticut. They're going to do a tour through New England, and they're going to want to see ballparks. Which one are you going to point them to first in the Atlantic League? Atlantic League, coming up to the Northeast. Um, probably Somerset, New Jersey. They have a really nice ballpark, I think. The, um, they just uh, like announced the like top ten independent parks in the U.S. a couple of days ago, and Somerset was fourth or I think something like that um the nicest park in my opinion is actually in Houston Texas uh Sugarland Skeeter Stadium Constellation Field but that's um a little out there um but yeah Somerset York Pennsylvania is pretty nice and that, that's some of the good ones yeah how many teams total in the Atlantic League there's eight teams so seven up in the northeast and then um, one in Texas and the 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 Skeeters in Texas, they had Roger Clemens for a for a minute recently. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, pitched a few seasons until 2012. Pitched a couple games so he could play with his son Colby, who was the catcher for the Skeeters. And he actually guest managed uh, the Bridgeport Bluefish last year, and I got to see that game and see him again. So uh, yeah, he has uh, definitely some connections to the Atlantic League, and since he lives in Houston and near the Skeeter stadium. So, yeah. What's the fan response to Roger Clemens these days when you saw him guest manage? In uh, particular? Well, on that day it was pretty positive because <laughs> right. uh, they had like an autograph uh, meeting greet type of deal. And, um, you know, all those fans they had their big pictures and whatever memorabilia stuff to get signed. So uh, that day was pretty positive actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good to know. You know, it wasn't so for the yeah. end of his career and, and shortly thereafter, and certainly the way things ended with the Red Sox back when. Um, with your, so tell us, you know, first off, where where do we find uh, your channel? Where do we find your content? Yeah, so my YouTube channel, you can find me on YouTube, is uh, TB Autos 512. That's the name of the YouTube channel. Uh, you could also find me on Twitter, which is at Ty Baronski 10 and I post my video content there as well. 
Um, and then also Facebook as well, TB Autos 512 Interviews. I'll also post the content and maybe some like behind the scenes stuff. So those are really the three main uh, places you can find my video content posted. And then the Atlantic League, is it just the main office of the Atlantic League that'll take your content and then repost it for you? Yeah, they'll just like retweet it or make their own post. I'll just whatever, just tweet at them. And uh, I think their Twitter is so at Atlantic LG. That's their Twitter. At Atlantic LG for the for the Atlantic League that yep. reposts a lot of your videos. Um, what you got coming yeah. up? What's what's in the works for the off season? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, well, I have an event on December tenth. Uh, I it's uh, Matt Barnes, the Boston Red Sox. He hosts a baseball clinic uh, nearby uh, in Newtown to benefit the kids from Sandy Hook a few years ago. Um, so I go to that every year, and there's always major league guys there. So that's really a perfect opportunity to interview current major league baseball players. So I'll do that, and then um, probably vlog that as well. I have a cameraman come vlog me or, or videotape me for that and um you know just working on uh my social media sites like twitter trying to get more followers there uh probably wikipedia get a page there and um just other off-season stuff like that yeah and when you go to these events do you get uh press credentialed for it uh specifically for your channel or do you uh work directly as an affiliate for the atlantic league when you're going to events such as this uh, clinic coming up? Yeah, I just um, I just put the Atlantic League. And I, I usually just put Bridgeport Bluefish because that's where I'm at most of the time, the Bluefish. So that's what I usually just put. Nice, nice. All right. Um, so in, in, in Atlantic League history, uh, you know, you've mentioned a lot of big names that you've talked to, like Dontrell Willis, Dontrell Willis uh, Johnny Damon, and so forth. But who's the biggest uh, star that has come through the Atlantic League? Uh, well, definitely currently right now, if you watch uh, some of the playoff games, Rich Hill was a big one, big pitcher for the Dodgers this year. He played in the Atlantic League just last year, which is remarkable um, that he would use you know the Atlantic League as his platform to get back to the majors and obviously doing really now, really well now for the Dodgers. Um We've had guys, Ricky Henderson has played in the Atlantic League. Uh, Steven Drew, who's with the Nationals this year, he played in the Atlantic League. Um, just uh, a ton of guys have gone through the Atlantic League and you know, used that as their platform to get back. A lot of them using it as their platform for like rehab and whatnot. What about, uh, you know, who do you know of that was discovered out of the Atlantic League? Um, guys have been discovered... Uh, Jared Weaver, who's with the um, Angels, I believe he started his career in, in independent ball with uh, the Camden River Sharks. Steven Drew's actually the same thing. He started his career in pro ball in the Atlantic League with Camden. Uh, now, obviously, he's been playing the major leagues for a while. So those are some guys that kind of, you know, started in Atlantic League and then worked their way to the major league level opposed to coming from the major league back down to Atlantic League to back to the top. Sure. Yeah, Jared Weaver is uh, top flight. You know, he's gone through some injury problems, of course, but he's been a number one in his career. And Stephen Drew, if he could figure it out, he <laughs> he could, you know, <laughs> be a more disciplined hitter. Um, so 
who who are you following right now uh, in the Atlantic League that uh, you think everyone should be on notice? Like this guy is going to be a big deal uh, moving forward. Um, well, definitely. People probably won't expect this, but uh, Andy Chavez, who is known for playing for the Mets like 10 years ago, making that catch in the NLCS, one of the best catches in playoff history, he actually, at age 38, came to the Atlantic League this year after being injured last season and just worked his tail off, won the batting uh, title, I think batted like almost 340 or something like that. And I know he has intentions of getting back to the major leagues, whether that's probable to some people, you know, that's questionable. But really, um, I wouldn't be surprised because after watching Andy for a whole year, I've just never seen a guy who has such a set routine. Yeah, I mean, he looks like a major league baseball player every time he plays. So, like, I wouldn't doubt him. So, actually, Andy Chavez to surprise some fans out there. Yeah, on the comeback trail. Any 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 hidden gems, oh, yeah. you know, names that we're not going to know right off that – we should, uh, you think, we'll know pretty well in a couple of years. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I'll give you a couple of players that were on Baseball America's top independent league list, and uh, they actually just got signed by major league organizations. Uh, David Vidal, uh, who had a really great year in the Atlantic League the last two years, actually, uh, was an MVP conversation. Uh, cleanup header, power header, solid third baseman, and can play catcher. Uh, he just got signed by the Marlins. And then uh, Nick Turley, who uh, played in the Yankees organization for a few years. He's a pitcher, left-handed pitcher, um, real good pitcher, good strikeout numbers. And he just got signed by the Twins, so I wouldn't be surprised if he got a chance in the Major League next year. Nice, nice. Uh, I, I like the pitching stories. That's uh, near and dear to my heart. Always fancied if I had been a ball player, oh, yeah. I would have skewed towards being a pitcher. <laughs> Um, and you know, the, why do you think so many players when they do their rehab, um, you know, cause that is an, a true all-star roster that you've rattled off here. Um, what is it that they find in the Atlantic league or that, that draws them to the Atlantic league to say, this is where I want to, you know, work on my, work on my craft to either get back or, you know, to do my rehab. It's just, um, another chance, um, the Atlantic league competition is real good. Like I mentioned earlier, double-A, triple-A uh, baseball right there. So it's the perfect segue if, for whatever reason, they got released or injured. Um, they need a place to play competitively. So when they get signed, they aren't really you know, downgrading going to triple-A. Um, they're right up there. Um, so major league organizations like that, that they're not behind any of their current players, and they can, um, you know, fit well and compete well and you know be a potential option to play in the major leagues for them right right yeah uh, and 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 uh you know the 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 ballparks themselves are they uh you know i mean the facilities basically of the atlantic league it sounds like they must be pretty top-notch for an independent to to you know have all these major league players feel comfortable yeah yeah definitely i believe the atlantic league stand standards are that like each of the ballparks have to be, you know, AAA qualifications uh, for their standards or higher. So definitely the ballparks are real nice. Uh, you know, groundskeepers are great. Um, the 
you know, the behind-the-scenes crew, really, that makes the ballpark beautiful. That's great. Clubbies are good. So, um, yeah, they definitely, uh, you know, keep it nice for the players so they can, you know, be comfortable and um, just do their job and perform well. All right. Good deal. All right, so for you, I'm going to get you out on this. Big picture, where do you see yourself? Because you're going to get this a lot. Where do you see yourself in the next five years, maybe the next ten years? Five years, ten years. Um, hopefully uh, being a reporter for one of the major league teams, for minor league teams, something like that, or maybe being a reporter for a TV network, Fox Sports, ESPN, you know. Would being you... at the ballpark, uh, yeah, go ahead. Would you, would you rather be following a specific team or just writing about a league in general? Uh, I'm not really sure about that. I like the idea of a team just because of the com- camaraderie of like being with all the players and those are your guys and that's your team. But um, I'm I'm not opposed to the other one either. So I, I really right. haven't thought about that. Sure. Honest. Yeah. It, it, if the job comes up, you're available. You're you're qualified. Yeah. 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 So if they need someone, you know, I'm always available. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if if it, 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 there is, you're absolutely right. The com the camaraderie of staying with one group for a whole season and seasons on end. There's something very unique and magical about that, since they're playing games every single day, for the most part. Yeah, definitely. All right, man. So finally, here, anything uh, again to plug and 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 uh, any 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 shout outs to give before we let you go. Um. I'll give a shout out to my parents. Obviously, they supported me doing this, and you know, I spent a lot of the time in the summer at the ballpark. So, like, appreciate them for letting me, you know, do this. And obviously, the teams, the Atlantic League, Bluefish, where I really, I do most of the coverage there since I just live so close. So, uh, and also the players, you know, just willing to talk to a high school kid, you know, let me just like interrupt the routine and ask them a few questions that i want to ask so um those are my shout outs i'll give there you go well done good good job giving the the praise to the parents that's very key so you got yeah. you, you obviously got got a good team there backing you up for this endeavor man and we wish you the best you know i uh, really love to hear people who are out there just because they love it so much finding a way to be around the game of baseball so um, so I really appreciate you uh, doing what you do, man. Uh, thanks for checking out Running the Bases and coming on our show today. Yeah, thank you, Tucker. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. So there you go again, Tyler Baronski, um, and he has got his YouTube channel um, and works for the Atlantic League, the Bluefish. Tyler, we look forward to talking to you again down the road, man. All right. Thank you, Tucker. All right. So you can find this podcast, as always, on the Running the Bases SoundCloud page or on iTunes, uh, like Running the Bases on Facebook, at Running the Bases, uh, and on Twitter at at Running the Base. I'm going to have to find a way to purchase at Running the Bases from Twitter, but that'll, that'll come down the road. And then uh, you can, as always, find all things Running the Bases at runningthebases.com. So for... Mr. Tyler Baronski, this is Tucker Wells. Uh, This is the Running the Bases podcast off the bag coming into home, and we're safe. Tyler, you take care, man. We'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Take care, Tucker. All right. Thanks so much.